Okay. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. We are back. It's been about three weeks off now in the world of sports. Uh, podcast and radio show. I'm joined by two guests this week. Let him scoot in. Larry Lindblom, Dylan Backus. Um, I have them both in here today, or we are all in here today, because this is an extra special show. Um, Dylan and I have talked for a while about trying to focus when the time comes on drafts yep. and free agency. We, I guess we're, we decided we want to get in the numbers. And this is about the best week I can think of for that so far since we decided to do that. So... Uh, we were all greeted with the early Monday morning of free agency in the NFL. And because of some of the stuff that happened before we were, while we were off, like the NFL Combine, we have gotten a lot of legitimate mock drafts now. So while we were gone, not including the NFL, the Suns won five of eight games. Goats were apparently, uh, stories revealed about Goats in Ryan McDonough's office, our GM. The Lakers collapsed. LeBron finished fourth all-time in scoring. Spring training started. Bryce Harper got $330 million over 13 years. Uh, and Pride was announced for the Home Run Derby, where the winner would receive a million dollars. Coyotes make a push and are now in the second wild card one point by one point. Juve That's basketball close. ends their season. Sean Miller's under investigation. And the LSU basketball coach went down in a wiretap. All right. Now for the NFL. <laughs> so, uh, free agency started... That's kind of loud. Free agency started on... Uh, Monday, but there were some trades. So we're, there's guys that signed, and there's also trades. And so we're gonna hit the trades quickly first. What is this? The NBA offseason? Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually believe that this NFL offseason is starting to rival the NBA offseason, no. just with terms of news and interest. There's more guys moving, more teams taking people. I, don't know, I, I think the NFL offseason is more entertaining than the NBA offseason, but the, I'm not the, an NBA fan. The NBA offseason starts in November, and then it goes all the way through because there's constant speculation, no matter what. Katie, right. Kyrie, where are they going? We don't know. So <laughs> we're going to start with, That's I guess, York. the... Uh, the Too soft. The, uh, Too soft. The, I guess the biggest trade of the whole... Oh, 100%. Trade period. Oh, no. All right. So I'm going to start. I'm going to tell the trade, and then we're, we're going to try to keep our time even. So I'm going to start. I'm going to say the trade, and then we're going to start the timer. Yep. All right. So. Well, but who's going first? You are done. Ooh, I'm going so, first. Wow. Well, first we'll best. switch off. We'll switch off. Favoritism. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so Odell Beckham is traded from the New York Giants to the Cleveland Browns for the, a 2019 first-round pick, which is the 17th. A late third-round pick, which is the second pick the Giants will have in the third round. Actually, no, it was Cleveland's second pick of the third round. And Peppers, who's a safety defensive back. So, Dylan, your thoughts? Go. Um, Well, I think low-key, the most important part of this trade is the Jabril Peppers part. Because no one knows where they want to value him right now. Um, They did not get nearly enough for Odell. I think we could all agree to that. First and a late third. Um, for a guy who's under contract for multiple more years and wasn't even really demanding a trade like Antonio Brown, it's very little. But Jabril Peppers was a fir- former first-round pick. I don't think he's that valuable, and that's why I think that they didn't get nearly enough for this. But I've talked to people who think that Jabril Peppers is still worth a first-round pick. <laughs> and for those people, <laughs> this trade, as much as it still wasn't great, was manageable. I mean, basically two first-round picks and a third, a late third round for someone who didn't want to be there that much. 
um, helps kickstart the rebuild process because I think that they will. I think they'll draft a quarterback for sure. Um, and they'll start to rebuild, and they don't really need Odell to do that. So from that perspective, um, I can see what they were doing, but I still don't think they got nearly enough. And I feel like if they shopped him a little bit more, they could have gotten a lot more than what they got because that late third round is not super valuable. It, and a mid-first-round pick for a guy of Odell's talent is ridiculous. Um, so that's kind of how I feel about it. All right. Uh, Larry? Well, the reason they were probably struggling to find my trade partners is he's on a gigantic contract, True. which is the main issue with moving him. That's mainly why they didn't get as much for him. They probably would have liked. Um, to those people that think Jabril Peppers is still worth a first-round pick, I don't know what you've been watching because <laughs> he was absolutely horrid as a free safety, and he's a purely box safety at the strong safety position. So he's nowhere near worth a first-round draft pick. I don't, I, don't, I don't get that assessment at okay, all. So, and for the yeah. Browns, they now have, I think, pretty unanimously considered the best wide receiver corpse. In really? The, and, oh, definitely. Shut up. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> oh, yeah. Odell on the outside, Jarvis on the inside. Callaway's a decent guy. They also have Njoku, who I think is going to be a monster at the tight end position, along with Chubb, and they signed a guy. I don't know if you know his name. He was on. He was on the Chiefs last year. He goes by the name of Kareem Hunt. Never heard of him. He's uh. <laughs> he he's pretty good. He's he is pretty, pretty good. Solid. When he's not kicking women, of course. That's yeah. <laughs> oh my god. That's a topic for another day. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um. So. I actually think Cleveland did better in this deal, or uh, New York did better in this deal, than people are giving them credit for, only because because of the next trade we're going to talk about and the pieces that were involved in that trade. So, obviously, Cleveland... I I think Cleveland did something that was interesting that no one has talked about yet, or not, not many people have, and that is that Odell Beckham played with Jarvis Landry in college. So those two already have a rapport... And their wide receiver core, or their wide receiver coach in Cleveland, coached them at LSU. Ah, uh, see, wow. I think there's I something that. there that people don't necessarily think about. I was the the conversation you and I were having was the time when Peppers came up. Yeah. Um, I don't know how good Peppers is. I've said before that I don't think you can truly evaluate someone until their rookie contract is up. Um, but I think he's still young and has a lot of promise, and that alone. The reason people are interested. Also, remember New York just gave up, land, just lost Landon Collins in free agency, sure. so they now have a spot for him. Um, but I think that this trade, for now, is fine. We'll see when the season starts. Okay, so uh, Dylan, you want to give us our next trade? Oh uh, well, as because I'm sure some people have heard, um, Antonio Brown went to the uh, Raiders for just a third and a fifth round pick. Do you want me to lead that yeah, one Yeah, because you can go if you want. Um, honestly, I think everyone was shocked to see that they only got a third and a fifth round pick for Antonio Brown, despite him requesting to go somewhere and only having a limited amount of teams that he would want to go to. Um, I'm a little bit more shocked about the whole Gruden thing, um, especially back when we thought Le'Veon was going to sign there. I was very interested to see how they would mix with Gruden. Um, so far, it seems like they're getting along really well, but that is definitely going to be something to keep an eye on. On top of the fact that he's now getting paid twenty million, how much billion is it? I don't know off the top. Antonio of Antonio Brown. It was about fifty-five total. I think it was like near twenty. 
I think it was, yeah, I thought it was near 20 a year. I don't, I, we got to fact check that. But um, that's kind of what um, Larry was talking about, about the OBJ trade, which a lot of people don't forget, like they don't think about, which is that they're also paying for this ridiculous salary cap hit. So with that all said, though, as a Cardinals fan, I would have loved to see the Car- Cardinals <laughs> do that for a third and the fifth round pick. Um, I think so Raiders kind of. Brown's contract, by the way, yep. was $50.125 million. Yeah. Um, and over, it's, I believe it's over three years with a $38.925 million signing bonus. So it does really take a hit on their salary. Oh, no, no. There. That 38 is over the next three seasons. They're yeah. guaranteed money. Uh, that may not be, that may have been the. You're looking yeah. at the wrong thing. Oh, that was had he stayed in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay, the three year one, $50.125 million is important. Everything else is not important. Yeah, so it, they have to take that huge hit onto their salary, but I still think it was a very, very good trade, and it's going to completely change the Raiders. And as a Derek Carr fan, I'm finally happy to see him in a position where he could succeed. I know that there's rumors that they want to move on from him, but they're not going to be ready to move on from him. He's definitely going to be the starting quarterback there in Oakland next year, and I'm excited to see how that will work. Um, on top of all the free agency additions that I guess we'll talk about later. All right, so the, the actual now I have the actual details. Go for it. Um, he was given a three-year, $50.125 million contract. His total guarantees in that are $30.125 million. Um, and then the average salary is about sixteen point seven per year, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and he has a four million dollar incentive in 2020-2021. And then he's an unrestricted about. free agent, obviously, at the end of this. So it's not a bad deal. He's got a lot of time. He's got so he finally got what he wanted, and that's what I think is not being mentioned enough with this trade. Yeah, he wanted the guaranteed. Money. Is that he wanted the guaranteed money? Sure. And he he really like that. I I. I there's a there's two parts to me, right? There's the guy that thinks, go out and get your money, Antonio Brown. Like you deserve it. If you can if you can somehow leverage someone to give you that money, then awesome. Then then go get it. There's yep. another part of me that says, you signed a contract, you agreed to a contract that would have given you no guaranteed money for the last three years of it. Go if you if you really didn't want that deal at the time, he had leverage. So if at the time, if you didn't really want to do that, then you shouldn't have signed that contract. The Steelers gave in way too quickly. They were too afraid of what happened with Le'Veon Bell last year. Yep. And so the Steelers just caved, and Antonio Brown pulled off just one of the greatest, I don't want to call it a con, but he definitely pulled something well, off. Here's what I want you guys to think about. For Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, for them leaving, all the Steelers got total was probably a third-round pick comp pick from Le'Veon like, Bell. Yeah, they got two thirds and a fifth. One yep. was a comp third. Yep. And there's no even guarantees they're going to get that good of a comp third uh, round wow. with all the big money free agents that have signed this but year. they've also got a lot of cap relief because of that. They do get a lot of cap relief. Because James Conner and Juju well, are hold still on, on but, rookie contracts. But technically Antonio Brown didn't have any guaranteed money. They could have cut him. Yep, true. Yeah, but, okay, they're not going to cut the best wide receiver. Yeah, they're not going to cut. That's I, not going to happen. That's why I didn't really get the whole guaranteed argument with him because they were never going to cut. Well, the him problem, his problem was more that he, if he got hurt, yeah, I guess he so, goes yeah. out and he tears his, you know, Achilles or ACL yeah. and misses the whole season. He lost out on all contract. Yeah. And if it's a career-ending injury, God forbid, he loses out on all three years or more. True. Fair. Go for it, Larry. Uh, well, there's there's a couple parts to this. One, the Raiders definitely did a fantastic job on this because I think. At most, you were gonna get, a, I think, a second round pick and then another late, later round pick for Antonio Brown, because yeah, every team knew whoever was gonna get him was gonna have to pay him 
along with what they were giving up in draft capital. Mm-hmm. And Le'Veon did a good job of driving down his asking price with all the sudden media appearances he decided to do. And the fact that he went with the walrus mustache, which I don't understand at all. <laughs> yeah. But I think, I think, because the weird thing about this was, I haven't, we haven't heard a whole lot from Ben. And during the season, you were hearing stuff, but in the off season, you haven't heard a whole lot. So I think sure. there was kind of an agreement between the two, like, okay, I'm going to throw some fire at you because I want to go get this guaranteed money because Pittsburgh's not offering me this. And I think Ben was like, okay, yeah, go get your money. Really? I think, well, I think he just I tried think, to stay out of it entirely. No, I, I, think that's, wow. I think there was a kind of a, yeah, go get your money. Because I, ben, I think Ben's going to be... Ben thinks he's going to be okay because he's got Juju, he's got Connor, he's still got weapons around wait, him to wait, work with. Did you hear what he said about Big Ben specifically, though? Yeah, I've, I've heard what he what said. Did, what did he say? I didn't hear it. The, what did the he owner's say? mentality. Yeah. He, sh- he gave a lot of crap to Big Ben about but how I the think... player that he is and the lead. He said he wasn't a good leader. And so, to me, even though that's a hot take, I think that might not be right just because... It's not like he just kind of threw Big Ben under the bus a little bit. He said he was not a good leader, and he completely destroyed Big Ben as a player, well, that's as a also, person. That also could be viewed as a tactic for driving his own trade value down. True. Because he's coming off as a, the classic diva wide receiver. True, tidbit. but that's a lot. That's a lot. All right. So, uh, quickly, I guess my two cents. Uh, oh, I already gave it. Never mind. Yeah, you already gave it two cents. Um... So the next trade that I want to go over is a little more recent. I believe it happened in the last like day or so, um, and that's the, and that is a, a trade involving the 49ers and the Chiefs. And we are definitely not done talking about the 49ers after this. 49ers give up a 2020 second round pick. The Chiefs give up D Ford, but it's a sign and trade. So the Niners then had to sign D Ford to a five year, 87 million, 87.5 million dollar contract. So. Uh, I, I I actually don't know that this is worth it. They have drafted a lot of defensive ends over the last couple of years, and now they are adding both another one and throwing a ton of money at a guy who, if anything, cost his team a chance to go to the Super Bowl by jumping off sides or lining up in the neutral yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I Like, I, I think that if, if he, D. Ford works out, it was a great trade. I do not necessarily believe that D Ford will work out for that money, and the twenty twenty second round pick could be valuable. Right. Who do you want to? Go? I, whichever the one. Twenty twenty second round pick from the Chiefs or for from the Niners. From the Niners, I don't. I don't get this move for the Chiefs at all. Who do they have as a pass rusher now? I, I, don't, I don't. I don't think exactly. One. Exactly. No one freaking knows because they're nameless at this point. The Niners now have probably the scariest defensive line in football, or at least they're up there, because they were already a threat to get to the quarterback with the guys they've drafted recently, because they've drafted really well on that D-line. But there's just so many of them. There's like a numbers thing at this point. And not really, because you can throw as many pass rushers as you want at the opposing quarterback. If you can get to the other quarterback, you don't have to be as good as on the back end. So, and... They're not like it's not like their front line is susceptible to the run either because they've done really well against that as well recently. Uh, so I think 
I for if you're the Chiefs, I don't get this at all. The two posi- or there's three positions you pay for in the NFL: the quarterback position, pass rusher, and a lockup cover corner. Those those are the three positions. I don't I don't understand this move for the Chiefs at all. Okay, so here's here's my two cents on this. First off, I think you guys are kind of mistaken. D Ford as a player. He's listed as a defensive end. He's an he's outside more, back. He, he's or, a more of an outside yeah. linebacker. And if they switch to a 3-4 to accommodate him better, that's five players that are defensive line slash pass rushers. They could fit, they could make that work. Mm-hmm. Um, um, as for the Chiefs' view on it, I actually am a little – I kind of disagree with you a little bit on Larry. I don't think it was a great move by them. But clearly, in my mind, I don't think they like D Ford that much, especially after he came out and was completely unapologetic about being lined up in the neutral zone. <laughs> if I was a player, I wouldn't have said that. And I'm not saying that that is the sole reasoning, but I could see a scenario where the Chiefs just weren't a huge fan of who he was as a person and how he fit in the locker room, and they decided to spend the money elsewhere. Um, I do agree that pass rushers are more important, but I think that they're going to try to make their defense more playmaking ability, and that's why they get, went with someone like Tyron Matthews instead, because I think that their their defensive plan, like you said, their pass rushers are so super important, but every obviously there's different strategies depending on how you want to do defensively. I think that they want more playmakers on that side of the ball. But with that said, I don't I don't love it because they did give up a good pass rusher for very little. They will take that second round pick though. That second round pick's still gonna be decently valuable. Uh, I don't I think for a guy who wanted to leave anyways, because he was a free agent, wasn't he? He was restricted, but he was a free um, agent, I, I believe. D Ford, I, I think he was restricted. Yeah, yeah I think he was restricted for so they could have tagged him, but I don't think that they just wanted him around that bad. And so from that perspective I think it was a good trade, even though I would have rather had the pass rusher if I was a Chiefs So, fan. just for overall context, the 49ers run a 4-3. Um, the right defensive, the left defensive end is Solomon Thomas, drafted him a couple years ago. The right defensive end is Eric Armstead. Yep. And they do not have currently a left-nosed, a, a, le- a left defensive tackle. Just twitter. So, they might, um, my yeah. guess is that they'll move, they'll move probably. They'll uh, 4-3. Well, they or might do three, that. Four. They, I think they would move to a 3-4, but if they don't, Eric Armstead could play inside. He's a big guy. Uh, they could move Eric Armstead inside and put D Ford on the didn't outside. They have someone they took out of Oregon, I forget what his name was. That's um, the Oregon guy is isn't that DeForest Buckner or Eric? Yeah, Armstead? DeForest Buckner. Yeah. Well, he was out of Stanford. No, one of them is no, out of Oregon. Buckner, yeah, well, I think, was out of. I get Oregon. confused. I took too okay, many defensive not, lines. We're kind of getting too deep in. But them. the point is, they have three amazing defensive linemen, and if they're going to run a four-three, they need four. All right, so we all got that one. All right, so the next trade is kind of a. Uh, this is gonna be kind of an inside Arizona thing. Like, it, it's this—it's a Cardinals trade. We give up a sixth-round pick for Marcus Gilbert, but it starts a broader conversation here, and that is the Cardinals' offensive line. Marcus Gilbert is an offensive tackle. We know this Cardinals' offensive line is awful, or has been. That's an understatement. Um, and just for we just for someone. just for con, who did we sign? You want to break the news, Dylan? Yeah. So it looks like oh, this looks like it was a little while ago, but it looks like we signed another guard. Uh, Max Garcia. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, I from, saw that just before the yeah, show started. Uh, so, that, I was talking before the show. He's coming off an injury, though, by the way. He is I coming off an injury. I believe he ACL or Achilles. So, just to brief everyone in, let's talk about I'm just going to go over the Cardinals offensive yeah, line go, while we have go it. Through it. Go through so it. So, this is what I was talking about with Larry before the show. Um, I actually love what we've done with the offensive line. So, let's just, let's just involve them all into this conversation. So, for starters, the Marcus Gilbert trade. Um, Marcus Gilbert, for those of you that don't know, very, very good right tackle. Very, very injury-prone. He's not played that much over the last two seasons. But when he has played, he's been rated as one of the best tackle right tackles. One of the better ones. Not one of the best, but one of the better ones in football. 
Um, very injury prone, but they like their right tackle. That's a seventh round pick. So my guess is that they're going to have that guy sit behind him. And if Marcus Gilbert gets injured for a third consecutive year, they'll throw in their seventh round pick, see what, what they have in him. Marcus Gilbert only has one more year left in his contract. And so it's a real, I love this trade. It's a low risk, very high reward trade where you could get one of the better right tackles in football. And if not, you have a good mentor for your seventh round pick that's a right tackle. Okay, so the problem, though, is that a lot of these guys seem to have injury problems. Well, that, yeah, they they're, they're all, all well, we, we have a very good offensive line that's all very injury prone. Our, our entire starting offensive line last year, by the end of the season, was on IR. True. Um, moving on, they signed J.R. Sweezy, who, very, very good guard, except for last also season. Also has an injury end. problem. Huge injury problem. Um, he was injured last year. Um, uh, he... Um, he, uh, I don't have the information, but I'm pretty sure he's been injured most seasons. And Justin Pugh, who we signed last year, got injured last year because he's also very injury prone. And so this is very risky. But an offensive line where you have right now DJ Humphreys, Pugh, Sweezy, Mason Cole in the middle, and Marcus Gilbert outside is a very, very serviceable offensive line in the NFL. And now with this new signing of Max Garcia, not great, but he'll he'll be he can play left guard and right guard. So if Pugh or Sweezy will go down, which they probably will. He'll take over immediately, and he was he was well, the Broncos' starting guard last okay, year. Okay, so Sweezy's actually played more than we give him credit for. Really? Um, only his rookie season in 2012. So he, has he played less than he 14 games? He didn't play well, though, this last he, couple He has years. played 15 games, 16 games, 15 games, 14 games, and 15 games, and started all of them after his rookie year. Oh, that's um, not bad. And so he's been better. But he's also getting older. He kind of... Wait, how old is he now? He's now um, thirty-two. I want to say. Yeah, twenty. No, twenty-nine. Really? He's about to turn. He'll turn twenty. He'll turn thirty before the season. Oh, I like starts. that signing better than I thought. But Pew will probably go down. And now we have a guard that is a, who started on the Broncos last year, and so we have a guard, and he played pretty well. A seventy-two point two grade on Pro Football Focus is above average. So I'm um, I'm excited about the Cardinals' offensive line. I love the trade for Marcus Gilbert, and I I think that they've done a great job building an offensive line without overpaying. For guys who have been completely overpaid so far in free agency. And so you're not worried about Marcus Gilbert. So, okay, so Marcus Gilbert is coming from the, the Steelers. Yep. So He's been injured the last two seasons. Right, the best he's been, all-line in football. He been, he's been, he, they have the best all-line in football, so, but he's also been injured a lot. So where's the, lot. where's the balance in go? First off, are, do the Cardinals believe they can make him better? Keep him better, really. Uh, then. Debatable, but at the end of the day, like I said, they love the, that seventh round pick who played a lot of games last year. I don't know how sold Cunningham, I am on him. Cunningham. And so, to me, what I've learned from this is that they obviously want him to start this year and play the whole season, but if they don't, they like their backup right tackle. And so, why not? For a six round pick and his cap is only $5 million, coming from the same season where all these guys, like, the, the, if you look back at, like, some of the free agents, I know this might be a little ahead of the time, but um, where's, oh, we took him out. Um, who is Max Morris or whatever that the Cardinals were looking at earlier? Got paid over $10 yeah, million a yeah, year. Yeah. Gilbert's much better. I mean, he has a different position, but Marcus Gilbert's much better, and he's getting paid half that for a six-round pick, where we have three six-round picks. So, All right, Larry, what well, do you think? The argument against that is there's a reason he's getting paid half that. It's because he can't stay healthy. True. Which the, the best ability is availability. And to me, this feels like the Cardinals are just trying to patch a bandit, a bunch of band-aids on a gaping wound that is our offensive line. They're, they're 
throwing a bunch of injury-prone guys at it and just hoping and praying at did some they, point it meshes together. Did they not do that, though, a couple of years ago and made the playoffs and had made it work? If yes, I remember but, correctly, that but, line was kind of scraped together with some tape. That line was scraped together, yes, but it was built on two pro bowlers, Veldir and Lupati. True. By the way, Lupati just signed with the 49ers. There, we, there well, are no... The, uh, the Seahawks. Oh, it's the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah there, there are no Pro Bowl quality linemen on this line. This is this is a bunch of names scrapped together. And the other thing about that was we had Palmer in the pocket. And so we had an actual quarterback, an experienced quarterback that could read defenses really well. And David Johnson was tearing up the every defense he's looked at. See, so I, I would I would argue though that we have two borderline Pro Bowlers. If they could stay healthy, mm. who who would you say Gilbert one? Gilbert number one, and I'm I'm personally a DJ Humphreys fan. I know he's a better right no. tackle than left tackle. He's just not that good yet. Humphreys has been so he's, inconsistent. He's, he's got to get better. He's been inconsistent. I agree. He has been inconsistent. There's, but there's, there's games but, where yes, he does look really good, but there's other games where he just gets blown. But off. can he True. learn from one of True. these guys to? But now there's better. we finally, in my opinion, have an offense that's going to be consistent. We, he's Starting. never been. He hasn't been a part of a consistent offense since he's been a starter. We last year we went through two offensive okay, coordinators. Yeah, you can't. Well, yeah, a consistent offense, but the offensive line, based on what you yourself have said, is yeah. not going to be consistent because these guys will get hurt. Fair, I do agree. It's so risky. that's that's so, part of the problem with Humphreys is we've had to move them all over the place. To, to then true. argue that oh, we'll finally have consistency when we've just signed a bunch of guys. Well, there's still the draft. We who could still are get... cheap because they are injury. We could still get another guy in the draft. There's still sense. there's still a couple of ways to work that one out. So going from to to go to the next oh. deal, uh, <laughs> what a way we're going to sport. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to soccer another time. No, we, no one really cares about soccer that listens to us. Probably so. Okay, um, <laughs> I wish though. People listen to us. <laughs> okay, so the next trade is so the next trade is the Giants again. Uh, this is the kind of the second part of that Browns trade. Yep. Um, and I I split them up both in just the way I did it, and because I actually think it's kind of important to split them up. I agree. Because I I think it, part of the problem is this is going to be viewed with the Odell trade, and it really shouldn't. I agree. I agree. Uh, the Giants trade Olivier Vernon, who's their star edge rusher, on a. Eh, defense, and get back right guard Kevin Zelter. Zel- Zelter. Um, so from Cleveland's perspective, they just took two of the Giants' best players. I know I don't want to com- mix them together, but they did. Uh, Olivier Vernon is still very good. He's still at the top of his game. Um, Larry, what do you think? Well, I mean, I-, I think that it was just a great trade. I don't have a ton of other thoughts. Oh, this was great from Cleveland. Because they, Cleveland, kind of under the radar, has had one of the best offensive lines in football. And they essentially have given up a guard that they can replace with one of their backups and still have a really good offensive line. But they've gained a player on the defensive line that's, when paired with Miles Garrett, is going to be a big problem for opposing offenses to deal with. Dylan, I know you're... Trying no, to get you're good. Um, some information. Um, how I actually am not. I think this is a pretty fair trade for both teams. I'm. I'm a big Kevin. Um, Zeltzer's Zeltzer a good. For, he's a good guard. He's a very good guard. He he was rated on Pro Football Focus as the sixth sixth best guard in football last year. So and is that so? Are the is Cleveland giving up too much? I mean, we know important offensive lines are. 
They, um, they... I don't think I think both teams are kind of winners. Um, I think that all, Olivia Vernon was had a better season last year than they has over the last couple seasons, which is a very promising sign that mixed with Miles Garrett and that terrifying defense that he could be very very good for them. I mean, we talk about how you want to have a strong defensive line because it allows your star players to be single team more often. And Oliver Vernon got double teamed, I think, a lot more in New York than he's going to get in Cleveland. I mean, he's going to be left a lot more more alone with Miles Garrett. And so, to me, this was great for Cleveland because now you have a scary pass rush, even more scary than last year. And this was great from New York because my guess is that they're going to they want Saquon Barkley to get more carries this year, and I think they're going to draft a quarterback. And so, you want a better offensive line, and you're getting one of the best guards in football. Um, so to me, that this is just a great trade for both teams. One of the few times I can say that. Okay, so um, to our final trade, and this is kind of a two-parter. So when I when classic we, John Elway, right? So when we came up with this, I wanted to pull the more recent trades because there's been a lot, but this recent trade actually kind of relies on an older trade. So the older trade was the between the Ravens and the Broncos. The Ravens traded Joe Flacco, their aging quarterback to the Broncos, and they received back a sixth-round pick, but that doesn't really matter. The Broncos then traded Case Keenum, who was their quarterback, and he has another year on his deal, to Washington for a 2027th round and a 2027th round pick, Keenum and, and the pick together, and they got back a 2026th round pick. Washington gave them. So uh, I guess the Broncos have decided they would get they'd rather go with Flacco than Keenum, which to me is mind-boggling. Also <laughs> awful, just completely stupid. And Washington actually doesn't fare too horribly. They they didn't have to trade up in the draft. They didn't have to, to spend a lot of money. Keenum kind of went later in the group of quarterbacks that were traded last year. And so I kind of like this Keenum to... So from Washington's perspective, I like it. They got Keenum. They, they solved their quarterback problem at least for another year. And next year, when a bunch of great quarterbacks are in the draft, they can go up and get one, possibly. But, you, I, Larry, you were really interested in me from the, from the Flacco side of this. Well, it's, it's kind of a classic John Elway move because this doesn't make any sense whatsoever. What the Broncos did was, when they, when they still had Case Keenum on the roster, mind you, they traded for Joe Flacco, who statistically is virtually the exact same quarterback. That Case Keenum is. Is he equal? I don't think he's just good. Num- in terms of the numbers, statistically, equal. they are equal quarterbacks in almost every statistical category. And how much older is Joe Fl- I guess if you're only going like, for a year, it doesn't really matter. I, John Elway, for as great as a quarterback as he was, is an absolutely horrible quarterback evaluator. He, he's got no idea what he's doing. He's, he hit on one, and the one he hit on was Peyton Manning. Yeah, that it's wasn't kind, a which hard is kind of hard to miss on. Yeah, so he's traded for Joe Flacco, and he's traded away Case Keenum to the Redskins. Great job by them, because Smith, I, it's going to be hard for him to come back from that injury. Period, let alone come back back to playing form. Yeah. So they they didn't, as of before this trade, they didn't have a starting quarterback. Now now they have a starting quarterback that'll be serviceable. That'll help them at least be competitive. But from Denver's perspective, I have it's just a quarterback carousel that it's a bunch of lateral moves that don't add up to anything. Yeah, um, from Denver's perspective, it's just 
Elway being lazy. He he doesn't want to spend the time to go get his own quarterback, and so he keeps trying to find these late veterans that will succeed, kind of like I mean, well, he's also failed in finding his own quarterback. Yeah. Well, he, he succeeded with Peyton Manning, but so he, he wants but to do the same thing. Inter- Lynch and Links, no, yeah. Osweiler, yeah. Simeon. Yeah. So the point is, he's lazy. And what I what I find craziest about this contract was they gave Case Keenum a lot of money, and so I was very curious about the contract breakdown for Washington. Washington only has him for one more year left, and the salary cap hit for them is three point five million. Yeah, because well, it was all front loaded. It was all front loaded. So from Denver's perspective, not only do they have to take on Flacco and his huge contract. Yeah. $7 million dead hit of cap this year for Denver. $7 million. On top of, of Flacco's deal. dead deals. cap? Yep, from, okay, from the Okay, so I, we, I brought this up before. What, how much does dead cap actually matter? Or dead, it's not like dead money. Like, well, how much does that actually matter and what does that really mean? I mean, it depends that, on the that, time, but that's, think about it. Think about the free agents that have gone for $7 million. That player is being subtracted, just straight up subtracted from Denver's team because they don't have the money. Flacco's cap hit is $18.5 million, and they pay $7 million to Case Keenum. So right now, they're paying $25.5 yeah. million for their quarterback position, which is more than most star quarterbacks get paid for Flacco. And do you, do you know how hard it is to build a team when you have $25.5 million guaranteed on your quarterbacks, period? Let alone a guy who isn't going to be a unique strength for you? I, what is that? I think that's comparable to, I believe, Matt Ryan's contract is somewhere in the range of... Twenty-five million dollars a year. I'm pretty sure it's less. Something like that. I, I don't, I'm not sure who it's comparable to, but you're not getting that kind of play from Joe Flacco. Yeah. So it's, it's just not going to happen. So to me, Denver is just trying to strike fire in somewhere that just it's kind of hard to strike fire at. I actually think Flacco is going to be a better quarterback for them than Case Keenum. I thought the Case Keenum signing was worse than the tra- than this fl- well, trade. If you look at it last year, the Ravens moved on from Joe Flacco for a quarterback that. Can't even really throw right now. Yeah, he played decently well for them, and it brought a different spark to their offense. I think Flacco has more value than Case Keenum personally, but from Washington's perspective, you get Case Keenum, they're going to they're going to get another guy to compete with Case Keenum, and a three point five million dollars for Case Keenum is a great great deal. And they're going to have plenty of money if they want to spend money or a draft pick to invest in to be able to compete with Case Keenum. So this is a great trade for Washington. Denver's just making mistakes left and right because they just want to find their quarterback that's going to lead them back to the Super Bowl. Not happening, but that's what they want. Okay, so I, I guess we'll see where this goes. Yep. We are definitely not done with it. So his, his just yeah, go quick ahead. context, yeah. the, the Broncos' current quarterback cap hold is comparable to that of Derek Carr at $25 million for Carr well, yeah. in 2018. And Derek Carr, at least when he signed the contract, <laughs> proved himself as really that good of a player. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so they're paying more than the Colts are for Andrew Luck. Yeah, that's incredible to me. That's that is what's in most to me the most incredible. So um, now I guess we're gonna start the second part but, of our show. But what? real quick, um, yeah. this is interesting. This doesn't really matter that much. But if he's just bad, they can cut him, and they don't have any dead money. Twenty million dollar cap saving next year if they cut him, Flacco. So, I mean, from that perspective, at least. From Denver's perspective, they're like, oh, if Flacco's good, great. If not, we'll just cut him. It's a bunch of lateral moves. It's... It is a bunch of lateral moves. That's the greatest way of saying it. You can continue. Sorry. So, okay. So, uh, we were going to do the second part of our show on the free agent signings. Now, we're not going to be able, at least today, to get to our mock draft. We have not really decided if we want to do that over a show. But we've also, we also have something else I want to tease real quick. 
because it's out there, and I think it's it's at least to you and I, it's kind of important. Yep. We uh, we our podcast is available obviously to watch through Facebook, um, and it's available over the air if you're within about ten feet of where we're standing. Um, but <laughs> we've also turned it into an actual <laughs> podcast that can be found in a number of different places. And Dylan and I are definitely going to start pretty soon working on getting some extra content um, only available on those places. So we teased this before in the past. Link at our Patreon. Uh, the last place we, the last place we are we're late, we're waiting to get to is iTunes, but we're available on a number of other websites that you can listen to, both if you already have a subscription or for free. Uh, so the main place that that we are of the main places. Um, our anchor, which is the which is the actual source of how we're putting this on there, um, and it's called the the website is anchor.fm, and then you put a slash backslash, I believe, World of Sports Podcast. Um, we're available there. We're also available on Google Podcasts, Spotify. Just look up World of Sports Podcast and Radio Show, and we should come up. Um, and so, before we begin, kind of the second half of our show, I just wanted to put that in there. Um, we actually do, it is, it is as important, at least to me, that you, that you, you know, check us out on Facebook as it is that you, that you check us out everywhere else. Um, we do benefit and, and we, it'll, it shows us, it makes us feel at least more successful. Um, if we start to become viewed on these, uh, apps and, and the more people that view them on these apps, the higher we shoot up, um, in availability to other people, new people that may find us interesting. So if you really want to support us, that's the place to do it. Anchor.fm slash World of Sports Podcast. Um, now to go to the second half of our show. Yep. That was, that was, um, a, good, that was a good plug. It's a good it's a plug. Nice plug. On Anchor, there's actually a commercial that I have uh, made for our podcast. Um, but, act, but it's actually it's, it's something we've really finished off in the last couple of weeks. And so I wanted to get that out there because it's that actually, I mean, I keep talking about it. It's that important to us. So, uh, Monday morning, we were dre- we were greeted to a number of free agent signings, and it turned out that a couple of teams were the ones to make splashes. Yep. So we're going to start in Oakland, who began this free agency period by trading for and then signing Antonio Brown. Yep. And then, and then they decided to because they have a ton of cap space, decided to work on the rest of their team. So they sign a safety named LaMarcus Joyner, who just happened to have played for a little bit in L.A., played pretty well. They gave him four years, $42 million. They then went out and decided to get a receiver, Tyrell Williams, and then gave him four years, $44 million. And then they decided to throw out money at a guy named Trent Brown for four years, $66 million. He was a offensive lineman from uh, New England who I believe New England was not going to be able to they, they had to let him go, but still a lot of money yep. uh, out of Oakland. And from what I've heard, it sounds like they're not actually done yet. Well, they still have $32 million in cap space, but that's not a ton because you still have to include free agents. So they, they could roughly spend about $20 million this year. So what, I mean, so I guess if you want to go in order of these guys, we've already talked about Antonio Brown. What do you think of LaMarcus Joyner going to Oakland? You want to on this? You, that's, you, you want to start boy. this? Okay, well, I am a big LaMarcus Joyner guy. <laughs> I think for the Raiders, who, let's be honest, had one of the worst secondaries I have ever seen in the NFL. 
this was a great grab for them because they finally got a strong point in that secondary they haven't had since Charles Woodson retired. Right. They've they did they overpay for him? Maybe, but there were so many of the safeties available in this free agency. I think Joiner was by far the best one available. Wow. Um, Dylan? Lamarcus Joyner plays free safety, right? It's more of a free safety Yeah, guy. Yeah, because I, I like this because I'm a, I am kind of like Carl Joseph, which he was uh, the first-round draft pick in 2016. He's still young, and he plays strong safety. And I think that's a very, very good safety combination. And I think that it's going to be able to work in a lot of different ways because they're both very versatile players. And so I, I like the signing. Um, I think he's a good player. Uh, did they... Pay a, little, a decent amount, ten million, a little over ten million for a safety is kind of a decent amount, but I think it's worth it for Lamarcus Joyner, um, especially with how good he seems to be based off what Larry keeps telling me. Um, so yeah, that signing. Where does that? Stuff. Where does this leave Oakland's secondary now? Because it, it well, it gives they're, them they're still in desperate need of cornerback help. They are, but it gives them a unique strength and a lot of versatility in the yeah. back end because that's that's something a lot of these teams like, and I think that with Gruden as a coach, they like that because they want to do a lot of different looks from a defensive perspective, and you could do that. I think Carl Josephs and Demarcus Joyner are both very, very versatile in the things that they can do. They can do a lot of different things. Yeah, it's going to be a lot harder to blow the top off this defense now with these two at the back end. Yeah, completely, I agree. So, and with Carl Joseph still being on a rookie contract, it's really affordable to keep both, for both of them combined to be your safety. Okay, so, we, so I actually, we're not done with the money aspect because the next guy that what they have that they signed... The next two guys we're going to talk about both got a lot. But the next guy is Tyrell Williams, yes. who got four years, $44 million with Oakland. That's a lot of money for a guy who is not even your number one receiver. And it's a lot of money to spend when you don't have, when you don't have, a, lot, when you have a lot of holes left and you just filled one with Brown already. No, how I see this trade is that they think he's a great complimentary piece next to Antonio Brown. And so they overspend a little bit to get the guy they wanted. Um I, get, I haven't looked at the contract. My guess is that there isn't a lot of guaranteed money on the back end. I can't see him lasting in Oakland for more than two or three years. But um, he is $22 million guaranteed. Uh, well, it depends on where the yes. money is guaranteed. That's, that's all that matters. Right. But the point is, how I see it is he's a deep, he's a deep threat who's very big. And Antonio Brown, is going to be they're going to be able to play off each other a lot. Because Tyrell Williams has to be kept an eye on because of the fact that he is fast and very, very big. And... I think he's a great complimentary piece next to Antonio Brown, who's going to be more of your, you know, teams are going to focus on him. He's more of your everyday pass catcher, but you can't forget about Tyrell Williams. He's going to beat you on. Okay, so then the last guy is Trent Brown. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know a yeah. lot about Trent Brown, but except I know that he was one of the best uh, blockers for Brady that is no longer there. Yeah. And so I've heard a little bit that, you know, hey, Brady might be a little more mm. touchable. I know you don't agree. No. Tell us, Larry, okay. tell us about Trent Brown then. Well, okay, my my whole thing with this is Oakland probably overpaid for him because every pass blocker that has ever been in New England looks ridiculously good in New England. But when they leave, suddenly they're they're not so good, i.e. Nate Soldier. Like, right. Now we did back up Soldier and then... Obviously took a spot yeah. when he left. I, the Patriots aren't going to have a problem filling that hole. Brady didn't get touched in the playoffs. So it's it's a okay, good so signing. You, so Okay, so you just think they'll just plug someone yeah. in? The Patriots will be fine. They'll end up 
plugging someone back in. They have so many draft picks in the front, I believe, four or five rounds this year. They'll, they won't have a problem filling that hole. And I think for the Raiders, they do get offensive line help, which they desperately needed to help buy Carr some time. But I, I just think they, they probably ended up overpaying him. Okay, so you know, um, I, yeah. I want to point something out really quick. So um, on my research of this... Um, so I've become more of a pro football focus fan recently. Yeah. Uh, my friend has an internship there, and just, like, hearing about how they have individual grades for the players is very useful. And so looking at uh, Trent Brown, um, he was ranked as the 32nd overall tackle last year. And his best year, according to pro football focus, was 28th. And that's because that they think that he gets off a lot with how Tom Brady plays. And so that's very uninspiring for a guy who you just paid as, I think, one of the biggest – or the highest paying offensive it's lineman. One of them. One of the highest paying Tackles, offensive linemen yeah. in, in football. So, um, and, I'm with not the, a huge... and with their current quarterback, Derek Carr, who already has broken his leg. Yeah. So I feel like they reached for a guy because they really want a star tackle and they have the money to do it. Uh, he's now the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. Uh, so I'm not a huge fan of it, but at the same time, blindside left tackle is so important in the NFL. And even if he's not, you know, your stud left tackle like they're paying him to be. If he's very good, he's kind of worth it for keeping Derek Carr safe. I'm still not a fan of the deal, but I can see why they, they did it. 28th, okay. though, ranking doesn't scream very good. No, 28th ranking doesn't scream 66 million. That, that screams uh, you're the worst starting left tackle in the league. Well, I think that's all tackles. Yeah. Well, my guess is. Okay, so so to move on, because we don't have – we were starting to run low on time here. Um, before we get to the next group – a team made. I want to run through some of the other ones. So, some of the other big signings that are just kind of alone. Yeah. So Trey Flowers, uh, also from New England, goes out and gets five years, ninety million with Detroit. I think that's interesting because paired with Danny, Danny Amendola going there, it looks like a lot of guys want to go back to their some of their Detroit or some of their Patricia. their New England. Yeah. yeah with their with their New England connections. Um, Quan Alexander signed with. Uh, with San Francisco. I think we that's did a big mention deal. that earlier. I think, I think that's a pretty big deal to talk about. I'm very surprised in this deal. And because I thought that even though they ended with Deion Buchanan, which is a very, very cheaper alternative, I thought this was a great linebacker for Bulls' system. Um, great tackler, but he's also pretty versatile. So he stops the run, but he also can play in pass coverage better than most linebackers that make that many tackles in a year. And so letting him walk, I think, was a mistake. And even though that's a lot of money, I... And I'm not a fan of that deal as a Cardinals fan for the, because I think that is going to be a great setting for the 49ers. As a Shanahan fan, as seeing Garoppolo come back and seeing all these signings, I'm very scared to watch the 49ers next year. It's not going to be a fun division. It's okay, not so. going to be a fun division. I think with a great defensive line, and now now they can focus more on pass rushing because now you have a linebacker who had 100-plus tackles stopping the run. It, it allows them to focus more on the pass rush. Okay, so Landon Collins. Uh, he was the maybe the one of overpaid. the two big fish we're going to talk about. Overpaid. He gets six years at eighty four million with Washington. Way overpaid. Uh, you uh, you think he's overpaid? I, I think he classic. What's their owner's name? Uh, uh, Snyder. Yes, yeah, classic Dan Schneider. He always does this. He'll just he just goes out and throws money at a big name. So he's uh, a box yeah. safety. He's yeah, not. I, he's nowhere near worth. I that think Landon money. Collins gets cut in three years. I just think he's off the team. I, I think they just they're going to cut he's, him in three years. He's only be... really had one Pro Bowl season, and everyone has kind of based what he's done since then off that. I I do agree he's overpaid. 
I am less critical on this than you guys are, I think, uh, because I do believe that Lando Collins is a very good player. Um, he, they were, he is they, a box safety, but he's a very good player. Now, talking about the whole cutting thing, um, they can really realistically can't cut him until 2023. Um, they won't even make any cap savings until 2022. So that means they're going to play out at having, least four years of his contract. At least. And my guess is he'll probably play out five, and if they cut him on the last year, then they only have $1.2 million of dead money, and they say 14 mil. But uh, Pro Football Focus is not like Lando Collins. Um, exactly. I How I also see it is you're talking about a team in their division, which means that they have played against Lando Collins twice every year. And clearly, so they've come, done more scouting on him than most teams. And so to me, that inspires more confidence as a Washington fan, knowing that they have done a lot of research on him, and they still believe that he is going to be a very good player. So I guess we'll see. All right. So Earl Tuttle focus ranks him we're, we're running out of time. Everybody. Number 39 safety. Okay. So a fellow safety of his, Earl Thomas, gets four years, $55 million, which is, I think, the reason that Landon Collins got paid too much. Yep. Because if anyone was going to get a lot of money, be Earl Thomas. He gets four years, $55 million with Baltimore, who seemingly are all over the place because they're, they let linebacker Terrell Suggs go. They let a few guys go. Well, Suggs they, is at the tail. I know, but but they but he's still he's has not had Dylan sent me a bunch of information on this. He has not had less than five sacks in any season in his career. No, I, I, and I, so the Cardinals well, get him for one year, seven million. Well, I think those are two up. different arguments. Starting with the first argument, I don't get this personally because clearly Weddle is a still a good player. Right. So so, what, so, so they why, let, they let Weddle go as a safety. You signed so, with so uh, what, Rams. So why are you going to let a good safety go? I, I I get why they kind of let him go from a short term perspective, but then you go out and spend a lot of money on your safety. Why don't you just keep the safety that you have? You ain't saving any money this way unless you think Earl Thomas is miraculously well, yeah, so much Earl, better. Earl Thomas is a better ball Ooh. hawking safety than. True. Weddle is. True. Much better. So I but think, the, we got I Tony think, Jefferson for. I think what they're going they're going for more playmaking in that secondary. Because I think they feel now that Lamar they're going with Lamar Jackson a quarterback, they're gonna have to go after and get turnovers more. That's fair. But to me that's still that's still a lot of money to throw at a guy when you had a good safety that you cut before. But I, I do see that as a very good argument. Um on the flip side from the pass rusher standpoint, I'm surprised mm-hmm. about the the re, uh, the Golden Tate thing I yeah. saw. Um, I'm surprised about uh, letting us get uh, Terrell Suggs because you just got rid of your star pass rusher to the to Green Bay. Now he got insanely overpaid, and so we can talk about it later. But they they allowed their main pass rusher to leave. Now you're letting a guy who played 75 percent of your snaps last year also leave. That's your two best pass rushers. So they seem to have no direction. They, like yeah, I completely agree. I I can't. I I I guess you. I Earl Thomas may be an upgrade. He will Fine. be. They also seem to be going backwards at the same time, and they that's like do. that's the confusing thing. I, I, well, they, they also a, cut Crabtree. If right. they let their if they had their star pass rusher for one more year, I would get letting him go. But you just got rid of your number one pass rusher, and now you're getting rid of your number two pass rusher. So to me, that's a lot. From the Cardinals' perspective, I love it because he's a great man. He's first off going to be a great locker room, great mentor guy. The Cardinals are building leaders on that team. Fitzgerald, and as sucks. addition to Terrell Suggs. Those are two of the great, two of the Peterson. greater leaders. Peterson, amazing leader. I, I I love it for the Cardinals because you have a great locker room right now in Arizona, and that's going to be really useful for Cliff Kingsbury. Okay, so we have about ten minutes left, so we're gonna we're gonna run through now with the Jets, our last team, and stay look, look on those apps I mentioned um, for future content, possibly a, a mock draft first look. 
Um, all right, so the last team. Who did the Jets throw money at this time? Okay, so, <laughs> Dylan, you are a Jets fan, and you and I have, actually, I think, had a very interesting uh, look at this. So, yeah. so I, call, I called you a few days ago and was like, I really want the Cardinals to get C.J. Mosley. There was a list of guys that we're looking at. Uh, C.J. Mosley was one of them. Quan Brown was another. Um, the guy they ended up signing was another, Brandon. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Hicks. Yeah, Jordan Brandon Hicks, Marshall Jordan. was on that list. So CJ Mosley ends up going to the Jets, did not go to the Cardinals, but they gave him $85 million to do it in over five years. And your reaction was? Not a fan. <laughs> not a fan. Here's how I see it. I see it as you're giving $17 million a year for a guy who can't really play on third downs. Yep. I'm 22. Yep. CJ Mosley, I actually think he's a great player. He's going to be great in the, he's great for the run. I've kind of toned down my assessment just because the more I look at it, the salary cap increases every year, and they're going to be able to offset that a little bit more. But your Anthony Barr, who's a much better player and more versatile, was getting paid less. That is ridiculous to me. CJ Mosley is great in the run, but he, he's he's very limited in what he can do on third downs. As opposed to, I mean, we'll talk about it, but Jordan Hicks went to Arizona, and I love that because despite a lot of problems with him as a player. He was rated second in pass coverage Whoa. out of all linebackers in the NFL over the last three years. And that is someone you want in the modern-day NFL. You want a guy who could play on third downs and can m- cover space. And C.J. Mosley is the complete opposite. And you're paying him $17 million a year. So not a fan of, th- of that at all. Okay. But I think he will help that defense a lot. So you He wasn't sh- very good last year. So okay, so to move on to Jamison Crowder. Was the next guy on oh, that list? Not a fan another, of that either. That so was another. That so, was bad. So another overpay. This one to me actually seems worse than, than oh, CJ yeah. Mosley. I know there's a lot more well, money in Crowder's Mosley, not even that productive. But Crowder wasn't even that good in Washington. I thought he was ranked well, too high to had, begin with. He had one good year in Washington. And it wasn't even that good of a year. And yeah. let's, let's talk about the addition to that being the fact that they just re-signed their slot receiver to a new contract, which I love, a new law. Great player. He's a more of a slot receiver. So you're getting another slot receiver who's getting $17 million guaranteed. <laughs> unbelievable. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. It, I am not a fan of this at all. Baffling. It is baffling. It's, it's like the Jets. It's literally the Jets it's, being it's, the Jets. It's the Jets. They had a great... They, they, the next two guys we're going to talk about, they, they got lucky with and made the right moves and but the, the, well, it's not that they got lucky with it. Yeah. They were the only team offering Levy on that. Okay, but but Jamie, but, so, but Crowder decides just he gets kind of lucky. I, I don't know why he get this much. Well, because if you look at all receivers, they're getting paid a lot of money. Tyrell, Tyrell Williams, as much as I liked him, was an undrafted rookie. Uh, free, uh, he was an undrafted rookie who had a couple good seasons, and he's getting paid eleven million dollars a year. I mean, let's talk about all these huge contracts that these receivers are getting. It's not surprising at all that he got that much because even though it's a tad bit of a... the market. The market so, is... So Crowder's that's why worth I love the, $14 million. Crowder's, Crowder is getting more money than Williams. I guess Crowder's considered to be better. But, uh, I, would not Crow- I mean, the, Crowder's getting almost... Uh, getting about $14 million. Yep. So, no, don't get me wrong. Like, it's definitely an overpay. But, like, if you look at the receiving market right now, it's booming like crazy. I mean, just looking down the list, let's... let's uh, See if I could find some. Okay, receivers. so Cole Beasley got a four-year, twenty-nine yeah. million dollar deal. So Cole Beasley got paid more, and he's thirty. So that contract goes till he's thirty-four. I'm sure they have a way oh, that they can cut yeah. him. Like, yeah, he before. won't. He won't last like but that contract. Cole, Cole Beasley is not that good. Adam Humphreys, like Adam Humphreys, he's getting nine million dollars a year. 
I mean, like, if you look at all these receivers, they're all Tyrell Williams, $11 million, like I said. Uh, if I could find more, I'll tell you, they're yeah, all they're getting throwing, overpaid. Jesse James got paid a Yeah, Jesse James got paid a lot. Money. Uh, Devin Funches got $10 million a year. Yep. He got only got it for one year, but still. But yeah, I mean, like, and that one makes sense. Well, that one makes sense because what the Colts are doing is they're they're preserving their cap and they're building through the draft. Yeah, so. They're they're doing a slow build, so that one makes a little bit more sense. Okay, but so Crowder, to me, Crowder's the one that's, I know he didn't get the most out there. I mean, we mentioned a couple guys that got more, but to me, his is the most. The it's the worst. It's the most. I would argue Cole Beasley's. Like Cole Beasley was good, but Cole Beasley was good for multiple years. He was a leading receiver, but even then, even if you get one or two good, pretty productive years out of him, I don't know that you're going to get anything from from Jamison Crowder. I no, I see. I disagree. That's a little over the top. He still had some good seasons. He's only been injured once in his career, so I mean, it's not. It's not horrific. Plus, he'll be in his prime when he finishes his contract, unlike Cole Beasley, who's past his prime and just got four more years. So, as much as it's okay. not great, I can't say it's that bad. So, uh, the last the last guy I want to talk about is actually contingent. Le'Veon Bell signed a four-year contract, $52 million, and it's contingent on, it was contingent on, Anthony Barr, who may, who literally woke up one morning after agreeing to a contract with the Jets. Now, in case you didn't know, none of these contracts were official until yesterday. And so a lot of these deals didn't actually mean anything until yesterday because until yeah. the pen hit paper, yeah. it didn't count. So Anthony Barr agreed to a deal with the Jets. He was in Minnesota, woke up the next day and went, ah, never mind. And so he re-signed, and his contract was $67.5 million with Minnesota. Yeah. And I don't know what his contract was with the Jets, but I'm assuming it would have been around there. Yeah. Um, and so, because of that, all of that sixty-something million is opened up for Le'Veon Bell to get. Well, they would have signed. They would have signed Le'Veon anyways. Um, the, the rumor was that they were able to offer him a tad more, like they offered him a couple more million dollars. I don't know how true that is, but that was the rumor. Um, I think the Bar thing. They were before free agency hit. The rumor was that the Jets loved Bar because he's a complete linebacker. But he's also a very good – he's a pass rusher that was never used as a pass rusher. And the Jets believe that they could turn him into a great pass rusher. And so my guess is that they courted the hell out of him. They did everything they could to convince him. And it was a kind of a rash decision for him to choose. And he woke – he started to realize a couple days later, like, oh, that was a bit rash. There's a lot of concerns going. I love Minnesota. I love my life there. And so that's my guess why he didn't stay or stay in New York or go to New York, I guess, is my is a better way of saying it. Um I actually am a huge Bar fan, and I think he's a much better player than C.J. Mosley, oh, who's yes. getting paid ridiculously more. But what causes Anthony Barr to wake up one morning and go? It's like eh. I said. I well, think it's got Minnesota's got a way better chance of competing. Yep. So he cares. So this. So Barr cares about winning. He got paid, but he cares more about winning. But he than lo- he's always said that he loves yeah. it in in it, Minnesota. If given if given the choice between getting paid a ridiculous amount and joining a team that let's face it won't be in the playoffs anytime soon. Or a team yeah, that's ouch. going to be I don't know that competing true. for a Super Bowl right now. Okay, so so back He's to Levy. So back to Levy. So back to Levy on Bell. So the real question I've heard is why why weren't the Colts in there? The Colts had more than fifty two to give him. Uh, it, even the even Pittsburgh offered him equal as much or more. Now I get why he didn't want to go to Pittsburgh. I get he was mad. I get he left. I think Pittsburgh drove away two of the best players at each position: wide receiver and running back this offseason. and that should not be jumped over. But I'm going to jump over it. That's uh, a great question. I don't know why uh, Indy didn't go for him. I thought that was a good landing spot for him, too. So, so oh, oh, oh. I, I know the Jets had been in there for a while. 
Uh, I think Larry wants to say yeah, something. Yeah, go ahead. The Colts are not going to spend big on anybody, especially at a position like running back, where they feel that by committee they can get similar production out for way cheaper. They'd much rather build through the draft. You see that with all their free agent signings this year. They've either they've gone out and they've gotten guys that aren't on the A tier of free agents, but the B and C tier guys, they've gotten them on good deals that can keep them around for a while and still preserve some cap space so that if a guy that comes if a guy comes to market that they really want they can still go out and get them. See, I what just, they want to do is they want to build slowly through the draft, and that's what's been working for them. We saw that even last year. See, I completely agree, and that's generally how I'm a very build-through-the-draft guy. I'm not a free agency guy at all because I'm a huge value person. But the, the Colts have $94 million in cap space. Ninety-four. Ninety-four. Yeah, you're telling me they can't spend it. There's, there's several problems with this, space. though. If you give Levy on that kind of money... You also have to turn around and up T.Y. Hilton's contract. T.Y. Hilton will well, get it. His contract's not that big. He's going to get a bigger one. Is he, exactly. Isn't he still in his rookie deal? Exactly. That's no, why they paid 15 mil. You can't. There, there, there's a whole locker room controversy with this thing. And that's why the culture's going, no, we're not going to jump the gun here and go after someone that, yes, he'll improve our team. But they could have signed Belden equal $15 million. They're not even giving there's other There's bigger holes they need to fill than at the running back position. All right. Wait, but they've, they've signed guys to deals. It's not like this is the first. Like, they signed Jabril Shepard on free agency for $8 million. Cap it. So it's not like this is the first time. It's, it, 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 to me, I get what you're saying if it was a little bit less than it is. It's only $12 million. It, it, for for a guy who's the best running back, I was pissed about this this Le'Veon Bell thing at first because I thought they were paying him fifteen to seventeen million a year. This is much less than that. Okay, so I guess we're gonna leave it there. Um, again, go to anchor.fm slash world of sports podcast. Uh, we will be on there with more. Uh, we will be on there with different stuff. If you really want to support us and you really enjoy what we're doing, please go give us a listen. Um, we're also available Spotify, Google Podcasts. So uh, uh, from these two guys, thank you and have a good night.